Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Praise God. Before I preach the sermon, I would like to tell you one thing. This sermon, I have no purpose or hard attitude at all to condemn anybody or to make people feel bad. And I want you to understand my heart that as the shepherd of the church, as a pastor, I just want to educate you to know the truth of God. The Bible says that my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. And God's people need to know the principle of God. And that's the reason why we have the CD table out there we call Hebrew table. Because I cannot preach the same message again and again every week. The message that was preached 10 years ago, 5 years ago, have been recorded. And you can get all those teaching and listen for free of charge. We don't sell any product here. We give you for free. The reason because we freely receive, we freely give. Amen. We just contact the website in Thailand. And we want to put all of our sermon. This website is very famous that all the Christians all over the world listen to this website. And we say we're going to give all of our sermon. You put hundreds of sermon in there. And the owner of that website say, yes, we're going to put all of your sermon in our website. All hundreds of them are going to be in website. Because we want to spread the word of God. We want to educate people of the truth. And I can see that when we know the truth, we will become stronger and we can be such fruitful Christian. You remember Jesus say, abide in me, and when my word abide in you, whatever you ask, it will be given to you. If you want to be fruitful, you need to know the word of God. We're going to continue to talk about prayer. In James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespass to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. I want to tell you one fact. Proper and correct prayer is one of the most powerful things in our life. But at the same time, improper Incorrect and unbiblical prayer cause so much confusion, heartache, and misunderstanding and backsliding in the church. That's why it's so important for Christians to know how to pray. Because if you know how to pray correctly, it's going to be very powerful things in your life that can change the condition on earth, change the situation in your life, in your workplace, in your family. Your kids, your husband, if you know how to pray correctly and biblically, thank God for those in the church who are eager to learn and practice the proper prayer and give God the regal right to perform miracle on earth here. God give dominion to man and he will not perform miracle until we give him the regal right to do it. And how we can give regal right, we need to press in and pray to God and learn how to tap into the power of heaven. When we face trial and hardships, should we send the prayer request in? Should we call the hotline? You can call the hotline. You can send the prayer request into the church. But the Bible also says when you face hardship, you pray yourself. You don't wait for people to pray for you only. That's why every Christian in the church should learn how to pray. We produced this first series called Touching Heaven and 
Changing Earth, the first series. This is the second series. Please get that CD series or MP3 series and listen again and again because you need to learn how to pray effectively. Amen? So don't just send prayer requests, but you learn how to pray yourself. But if you're too weak, you're so sick and too weak to pray, yes, you can call the elders. You can call the brother and sister to pray for you. Anoint you with oil and believe for you if you're too sick and too weak to pray for yourself. Thank God that we can pray for each other. But it's not enough just to pray for each other. We need to learn to pray ourselves. The Bible says that effective prayer changes the situation in this world. It can change the weather. It can change the economy. It can change the situation in your job. And I believe that you all want to experience the tremendous power available to Christians on this earth. God said there is the tremendous power available to every Christian who learn how to pray in the right way so that they can have success, victory, and prosperity, and health, and fruitfulness in their life. We need to learn how to pray in faith, and in love. And the best person who showed us how to pray is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Lord Jesus taught us by words and by example of his life. That's why we learn a lot from the Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer is not just about talking, talking, talking. Prayer is communion and fellowship. It means that you talk, God listens, and you at the same time listen, and God talks to you. Some Christians pray like a ritual. They don't even have faith that God exists. The Bible says God will reward those who diligently seek Him and believe that He exists. So when you pray, you talk to God who exists. You believe that He is real and He can listen to you. And when you pray, sometimes people walk into your office and say, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? You just talk to the air. They may laugh at you that you are crazy. You're talking to the air. You say, no, I'm not talking to the air. I'm talking to the living God. I have faith that God is so real. And I'm diligently seeking Him. And I believe that He will reward me. Prayer without faith. Prayer without love. It's a dead work. When you pray, it's not a religious ceremony. It's not a religious ritual. Just to fulfill something, you come up and just pray for people to see you that you're such a great Pray, warrior. No, no, no. Pray means you communicate with God. God listens to you and you listen to God. Amen? There are many kinds of prayer. And you can listen to those CD, such as asking or requiring or saying. There is a time of asking and there is a time of commanding and requiring and telling the situation to happen or to change. So the Bible will t- talk about a lot of kind of prayer. Today, this teaching is a little bit deep. So please listen carefully. I'm going to give you example in the Bible. If you don't follow me very well, you may get lost. It's quite deep teaching. I just want to warn you ahead of time. Matthew 26, 52 to 54. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? May the Holy Spirit teach us today more than what I say between the line, between the voice of Pastor Lau. May the great teacher, the Holy Spirit, speak to you today. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas and the gods, the Roman God, came to arrest Jesus and to take him away. And when they came, Peter pulled out the sword. He thought that he's going to stand for the Lord. He's going to fight for the Lord. The disciple must have thought that we don't have enough sword here. We are not a fighter like all these gods. And how are we going to fight with them? Peter pulled the sword out and cut the ear of one of the gods. Jesus spoke the word that is interesting. I'm going to read from NLT again. Put away your sword. Jesus told him, those who use the sword will be killed by the sword. Don't 
you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us, and he would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scripture be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Can Jesus pray to the Father at that moment? Could he have just talked to the Father and say, "Send angel to protect me right now"? Would the Father have heard his prayer? I believe so. But Jesus say very interesting statement. He said that I decided not to pray. I decided not to ask, because if I ask, the will of the Father would not be done. So today we're going to talk about pleading with God, pleading your case with God, and God going to plead His case with you back and forth. And we're going to talk about the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer. In most circumstances, we should ask God for the perfect will of God to be done, and we have the right to pray. For protection and deliverance, but in certain circumstances, the perfect will of God may not be deliverance, such as in the situation of Jesus Christ. The will of God for Jesus at that time was to be arrested and to be killed by his enemy. In Matthew 26, in that situation, if Jesus prayed to the Father and asked for the angel to come. We would not have been saved today. We would have not have a church today. We would have been in still sin. But because Jesus did not pray, He allowed bad things to happen to Him. We are saved today. So many times we need to work with God and check with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit may say to you, "Don't pray about that situation." You and he must talk. You need to know God enough to be able to hear His voice, and His voice can come as a still voice in your heart, and it will tell you what you should pray, how you should pray. You need to learn how to listen to the Spirit of the Living God, not just just throw your word out of your mouth and pray whatever you want, because prayer is reciprocal. It's not monologue, but it's a dialogue. You talk and he talk. He listen, and you need to listen. It's about fellowship. It's about communion. Amen. Jeremiah chapter seven verse sixteen. Therefore, do not pray for these people, nor lift up a cry of prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. It's interesting. At the time of Jeremiah, the children of Israel were rebellious against God. And the Lord told Jeremiah, "Don't pray, don't get involved. I don't ask you to pray for these people. I'm gonna punish them no matter what. This is between I and them. It's my business. Don't get involved with this situation." So the Lord told Jeremiah, "Don't get involved. Don't pray in this situation." I'm gonna show you many scripture of how God and man in many generation plead with one another about the situation of prayer. Numbers chapter twenty, verse eight, and verses ten to eleven. Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak, everyone says, speak, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community, so they and their livestock can drink. He and Aaron gather the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, "If you listen to the tone of what Moses say, he was very mad. He was very upset. You remember the Bible say, 'You can get angry, but don't sin. You can get angry, but don't sin.' But Moses messed up. He make a big mistake. He got angry, and he sinned against God. Moses said to them, 'Listen carefully. Listen, you rebels. Must we? Must we?" Bring you water out of this rock. Who brought water to people? God or He? He called that He gonna bring water to them. He become prideful. He called that He is the one. We gonna bring water to you. No, not we. He gonna bring the water to the people. 
And then Moses raised his arm. He was so mad and struck the rock twice with his staff. What did God tell him? Speak to the rock. But he was so mad and he sinned against God, rebelling against God. And he struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out. God is still, still gracious. Even though he made mistake, but because God is so gracious to his people, the water came out. And the community and their livestock drank. At that time, Moses was mad. He misrepresented God to the children of Israel. His anger caused him so much. And eventually, God told him, You know, Moses, you're not going to enter the promised land. And Moses keep pleading his case with God. Can I come in? Can you please get, let me go in? Let me go in. And eventually, God shut his mouth. Stop. No more pray. This is it. You are not going to enter the promised land. It's over. Don't pray anymore. Moses was pleading with God of his case. And God was pleading with him with his case as well. His case with, with Moses that you are not going to go in. This is done deal. So you can see in the Bible that so many times prayer did not get answered for some reasons. And today I'm going to Summarize in this sermon at the end why God did not answer your prayer. Seem like it's perfect will of God. You must know God very well to the point that you can listen to His voice and you will know Him and know His will when you pray. Don't be religious just talking to the air, just fulfilling the religious ceremony. Let Him talk back to you. Let His word fill your heart and know the will of God. And let the Holy Spirit reveal the will of God to you. The Holy Spirit may not speak to you with an audible voice, but He's going to speak to you with the witness in your heart here. He's going to speak to you with the small, still voice in your spirit here. If you want your prayer to be effective, you don't just do the asking, the talking, and the doing your own things. Listen carefully. Don't just do the talking and the asking and the doing of your own things. You must work with Him. You must listen to Him. Have communion with Him. You know why? Because we don't know everything. We have only partial understanding of the whole situation. But God knows the whole situation from even the beginning. And even after the end of the whole story, he knows everything from the beginning to the end. Because of our limited understanding, we need to listen to him and seek his direction in prayer. Amen? You may say that, God, I want to pray for that person. Let your will be done. And then God may speak back to you. You know, it's not going to be that way. Because... These are other reasons that's not going to be that way. And this happened to me. I want to give you one of my real examples. Before my mother got saved, she was afflicted by cancer, lung cancer that went to the brain. You know I'm a neurosurgeon. When I look at the brain, I can operate on her. But thank God she got saved. And I began to pray for her healing. She already got saved. She gave her life to Jesus she got saved. She was filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongue. And I began to pray for her healing. After I prayed for many days, God said, you stop praying. I'm not going to heal her. And when I heard that, I pleaded my case with God to heal my mom. But God pleaded his case with me. Stop praying. And I began to listen to the Holy Spirit. Why don't you ask me to pray for my mom? And in fact, God can say to me, it's none of your business. He can. He can say that it's between me and her. But thank God in my case, God gave me the reason. God spoke to me clearly in my spirit. Your mom cannot read the Bible. She's too old. She is too weak to receive any more message. If I healed her, she's going to go back to her friend who are Buddhist and she's going to backslide. I'd rather take her to heaven and be with me rather than walk away from God and go to the Buddhist temple. Amen. I'm going to take her home. 
and I settled the case. I back off and let it go. And my mom is in heaven right now. You see, sometimes God may say, "Don't pray." He will plead his case with you. Isaiah chapter forty-three, verses twenty-five to twenty-six. I even I am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case. You state your case. You plead your case with God, that you may be acquitted. Let me read from Amplified. I even I am He who blots out and cancels your transgression for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Remind me of your merits. Let us plead and argue together. Set forth your case that you may be justified and proved right. There is a time to pray with faith, but there is a time that the Lord will say, "Is enough. Don't pray that request anymore. Plead your case." And God say, "I'm going to argue with you now. What I don't agree with you. You listen to Him, and He listen to you." Micah chapter six verses one to two. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, O you mountains, the Lord complained, and you strong foundation of the earth, for the Lord has a complaint against His people, and He will contend with Israel. You can plead your case, you can complain, you can say whatever you want, but God's going to say, "I'm going to talk back to you too." In this situation, yes and or no. Continue to pray or stop praying, because God has His own way. He understands the whole story, the whole picture. You may plead your case with God, and He turned around and He pleaded with you. You remember the story of Elijah. Elijah was so depressed and discouraged because Jezebel killed all the prophets, and he ran away to sit under the broom tree. He cried to God in First King chapter 19. He said, "God, I pray that you take my life away." He pleaded his case with God, and he also complained that I am the only one in the whole Israel that still worship you. What a sad story! Look at Romans chapter 11, verses two to four. God also pleaded his case with Elijah. God has not cast away his people from whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scriptures say of Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel, saying, "Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life." But what does the divine response say to him? Look at what God say: "I have reserved for myself seven thousand men who have not bowed." To bow, who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Elijah pleaded his case: "Kill me! I want to get out of here. I'm so discouraged." But God pleaded his case back and said, "You're wrong. There are seven thousand people who still bow down to me, not to the idol." Elijah did not know everything. He had only the partial knowledge of the whole story, but God knew everything. So God did not kill him. Thank God. Let him go, so that he could anoint Elijah to be the next prophet. This is an example of pleading one another. Elijah pleaded his case, and God pleaded his case as well. And God say, "You are wrong. I am right. Who is always right? Who is sometimes wrong? Us." <laughs> So when you talk to God, you think that you know everything. You are always right. I have to tell you the truth. You are not always right. God is always right. Amen. Just yield to God. Amen. In this situation, I want to encourage you one thing. When we learn about Elijah, don't be too negative about this world and about life. You know, you hear about people bomb in Boston, and you just get mad, and you're so negative. You see. Uh, abortion and satanic worshipper, and see all the 
sinful things in the world and you're so negative and negative and complain and complain, don't be like that. Don't be like Elijah. Be positive. Instead of being mad, you just pray for the family of those who died or pray for those who commit sin that God give mercy to them so that one day they will return and come to know you. Pray for those who sin against God instead of being mad at them. Pray for them. Amen. Be positive. Be in faith instead of being a negative mindset all the time against the situation in this sinful world. You can say, spare them, Lord. Save them. These people who are crazy, spare them. Those satanic worshippers will meet the Holy Spirit one day. Pray for them instead of being negative. Remember another case of Sodom and Gomorrah. God wants to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah, these two cities. And Abraham knew God quite well. He was able to plead his case with God. He said, God, I know you're such a good God. You are so fair and just and righteous. It's not like you. Who going to wipe out the whole city when the righteous people living there? I believe that if there are 50 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, you would not wipe them out. Is that right? You would not burn that city. And God say, okay, I will not wipe them out if there are 50 righteous people. And then Abraham went down to 40 people. And God said, okay, 40 people, I would not wipe them out. And then he went down to 10 people. You can see the story of God and the man of God plead the case with one another. They're talking back and forth, back and forth. In your prayer, sometimes you need to sit down and listen to God because God may want to plead his case with you. Something going on that you may need to change. In April last year, I went to Japan and I began to get sick. And then I went to Germany and I was very sick in Germany and Paris. And I pray and pray for healing. I pray, I command the sickness to go away. It did not go away. But I did not listen to God. I just keep commanding, keep praying. Believe this is a perfect will of God. Until one day I surrender and say, God, I want to listen to you. Maybe I'm wrong. I know it's your perfect will for me to be healed. But what's going on here? Why you don't answer my prayer? And suddenly God said, okay, now you're going to listen to me. I didn't listen to God for many months because I just commanding, commanding, commanding. At one point, I said, okay, I surrender now. Tell me what is wrong. And he said, son, I cannot heal you because you have been abusing your body all these years, sleeping four hours a day. Don't eat enough. Don't drink enough water. You still keep abusing your body in your job and your ministry. You're not going to be healed. You need to repent. Right away, I say to my wife, I need to drink more water. I need to take vitamin. I need to go to bed early. I need to take care of this temple of God. And the situation improved right away. You see, sometimes you think you're right. You keep demanding God, pressing God to do something for you. But God wants to talk back to you. Something wrong in your life that you need to change. God wants to plead his case with his people. Amen? You can plead your case. And God can plead his case as well. Our objective is to know him well enough to be able to hear his voice and have a dialogue back and forth, interactive fellowship and communion. Prayer is not one side. Prayer is two sides. Listening and talking, and he talk and you listen to him. You remember the story that God had selected Moses to be the head of the children of Israel. He married an Ethiopian woman. Aaron and Miriam did not like what Moses did. They expressed their opinion pretty loud. They say that, I don't like that you marry this girl. And she is not a child of Israel. And she looked, the skin color looked different from us. So they expressed their opinion pretty loud. People know. They say like, oh, God speak only to Moses. God speak to us too. We are the prophet too. Who put him in charge? They're really challenging Moses 
about his leadership. First of all, before I continue to say about Moses and his pleading with God, I want to say one thing: people who look down on the skin color are very ignorant. First of all, we all have different tones of skin. I and my wife different tone. Two, no one in this room and no one in the world can send the request in before you were born. What skin color you have and what nationality you're gonna be born in. No one can send the request. You did not choose your own skin color. God chose for you. Amen. Sometimes I complain to God. You send me to America. You should let me be born as American so I can be a preacher without accent. I complain to Pastor Da. Pastor Da, take it. It's unchangeable. You have to preach with the accent in the U.S. You cannot change. Take it. You cannot choose. God chose for me. Amen. And not only that, to be good or bad people doesn't depend on the skin color. Don't quote this sentence. I am a pure race. There's no pure race. Amen. We all have mixed race. We all have different skin tone. Don't judge people on the skin tone, and don't be proud of your skin tone either, because it's not about skin tone. It's about the heart issue. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. When do you know your leaders long enough? Maybe you know your teacher or pastor long enough. You will begin to see some weaknesses in them. And the Bible says, "Watch your mouth," because God said, "Don't touch my anointed," because when you touch His anointed, you are touching Him as well. Number chapter twelve, verse three. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Because Moses was very humble, God picked him. Number chapter twelve, verse four. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. When I read this scripture, I was thinking about my dad when I was a young boy, and I make some mistake. I know that in America, when the dad is mad, he will call the full name. <laughs> Pirate s u p e r s i t i v e come here. Oh, oh Mary Jo. <laughs> Kokin, come here. This is how I feel when I read this scripture. God say, three of you, come here. So, in other words, God gonna begin to discipline them, spank them. Thank God that God put special padding around here, <laughs> on a special area of your body here, so that when the mom and dad, your mom and dad, bring the smooth stick to put on this part. You can have a physical pain, but it doesn't damage your physical body, but it will change your soul and your spirit. Thank God for the spank, but spank here, a lot of padding. Okay. Many people argue with God about spanking, but I want to let you know God is never wrong. He has more kids than you. If he spank his kid, you need to spank your kids as well. Look at what how he spanked the kids. Number chapter twelve verses five to eight. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. If I were them at that time, I would be on the floor and say, "God, forgive me." Call Aaron and Miriam. Aaron, pirate superstitious. And Miriam, they both went forward. Then he said, "Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he see the form of the Lord." Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? You remember when Saul persecuted the church, 
Jesus said to him on the road to Damascus, "Why are you persecuting me?" Did Paul or Saul persecute Jesus directly? No. In other words, when you touch the anointed, you are touching God Himself. He take it personal. He take the word of Aaron personally when they talk against Moses. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he de- and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, when the glory of the Lord was lifted up, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was a leper. When the glory of the Lord was there, she was okay. The protection. But when the glory lifted, the devil attacked her right away. Why? Because she committed sin. She rebelled against God. Opened the door for the devil to attack her. While she was in the glory, she was fine. But when the glory left, she was in trouble. But thank God for Moses. Moses pleaded his case with the Lord. Please do not let her be. As one dead, whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, "Please heal her." You see, Moses began to plead his case with God. Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord, now the Lord pleaded his case with Moses, back and forth. I show you all this story to see that God's people talk to him, and he talk back to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, "If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be chained seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterward she may be received again." Verse fifteen. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. My dear brother, sister. You can see that you can ask God, but God still the final say. He asked God for healing, but He did not heal her right away. Gave sometimes e v e n days before the mercy of God came upon her. Back and forth, when you pray, you need to listen to God, listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, as Christian, what we do? We study the Bible. We find the perfect will of God in here. The perfect will of God is recorded in the Bible. The perfect will of God say, God want to heal people. God want to deliver people. God want to save people, protect people, and give people prosperity. This is the perfect will of God for every Christian, in everywhere, in every circumstance. But listen carefully. I'm gonna come to the practical point now. After showing all this example, okay, listen carefully, so that you can take the message home. But the perfect will of God. Will come to you only when you do your part. The perfect will of God will come to you when you follow His will and His plan perfectly as well. If you rebel against Him, you refuse to obey Him, you keep saying no to Him. What happened? You disqualify yourself from receiving the perfect will of God. You. Push the perfect will of God out because of your rebellious spirit and your rebellious action. Don't blame God because you don't obey God yourself. That's why, as a pastor, I have so much burden to teach you the word because I want you to be the kind of Christian that know the perfect will of God and follow perfect will of God and do the perfect will of God so that you can receive the perfect will of God for yourself. For example, if in Your life, you keep walking unforgiveness against people. You can pray for the healing, but the healing will not come because you live in unforgiveness. God cannot heal you. Oh, in the house, maybe husband keep fighting, keep husband and wife keep fighting, and have a lot of attitude and have bad atmosphere in the house. So the devil come in and attack the children. And the parents or the husband and wife don't repent, keep fighting and fighting, and keep praying for the children to get healed. The children will not get healed because they are not following the perfect will of God. 
the door is closed. God cannot help in that situation. You see my point here, like my story about my sickness. If I don't repent to sleep enough, to drink enough, to eat good food, I will continue to be sick. Don't blame God. I cannot blame God for that. Amen. So, the key is you need to be submissive and listen to the will of God. Follow the will of God. Don't fight with God. He said, "Come before me. Plead your case. I'm gonna plead, plead my case too. I'm gonna tell you what you need to change." Amen. We need to find the perfect will of God. We ought to know the perfect will of God, and we need to practice the perfect will of God in our life. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight, verses 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now He who searches the hearts know. What the mind of the spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. My dear brother and sister, thank God that we are not left alone on earth here. God gave us the Holy Spirit, and when we don't really know what to pray, you know, you know only certain portion of the truth or the problem. I give you example. You may pray for. More money, more better job. Asking God, better job, more money. But one thing, you don't even know your heart. The motive behind wanting more money, until the Holy Spirit show you why you want more money. Or when you pray for somebody who's sick, you keep praying and praying for that person, and the reality is that you don't really know that person level of commitment. And faith in God and obedience in God. You don't know everything. You keep praying and praying, but God doesn't answer. Not because of your fault, but because of that person' disobedience toward God. I give you this story all the time that one woman got afflicted by terminal stage liver cancer, and eventually. She, Many great ministers pray for her. Big evangelists pray for her. She never get healed until one day, God spoke to her. You don't forgive your husband, and you don't forgive me either. And she repented. She forgave God. She forgave her husband who left her and have another girl. Suddenly healed. God healed her Amen. after being prayed for for many many months because she need to fix her own self to repent. And follow the perfect will of God. Amen. We don't know everything. Some people may not, never get answer for their prayer because they disqualify themselves by speaking negative every day. Oh, I'm poor. I'm sick. I, uh, I'm bad. I'm poor. I'm sick. God doesn't love me. They keep speaking negative. You can pray for them for ten years and nothing happened because they curse themselves every single day. I give you example. People may not get the perfect will of God because they live in disobedience. There's so many reasons why prayer doesn't get answered. Another example is that I give you example of my mom. Another example is that sometimes people don't have enough faith for themselves to be healed. They're lazy. They never listen to the sermon. They go home, do something else. We have the CD table there. Then they will go and get the CD. Then they will feed themselves with the word to build their faith. When they get sick, they don't have faith to fight. They keep praying, but no faith, and they don't get healed. And you know who get blamed? The pastor and God get blamed. But they forget that they don't do their own homework to build their faith. I promise you, I'm going to teach more about healing soon. But I haven't thought about healing. Because we have so many young people in the church now, it's a time because I'm getting older too. <laughs> you remember the story? The Bible say in the Proverbs, the Proverbs say the ant gather food during summer for good food during winter time. That apply to your life too. Why you are young teenagers in this room? 
Why you're young and healthy, you don't have any arthritis or heart disease or diabetes. It's a time that you gather the food to build your faith. You don't wait until you turn 70 and start to listen to the sermon. You need to build your faith now while you're young in the summer time of your life. Because when you get older, sickness starts to attack you, and you need faith by then, and you have faith to fight. Amen. If you don't do it now, you wait until then. It's too late because you don't have enough strength to listen to the sermon. Build up your faith now. Listen every single day, and make a decision that you are willing to obey God in everything He says to you. Isaiah one nineteen to twenty. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Conclusion today. Number one, prayer is two-way dialogue, back and forth. You can plead your case with God, and He can plead His case with you. And who is always right? God. Sometimes God may say to you, "Stop praying. It's over. It's business between I and that person. You stop praying." I know everything about that person. You don't know everything. Two, you do the best. If you want God's perfect will, you do your homework to do the best in building your faith, obeying Him, willing. Don't cheat God. Don't cheat God in tithing, because the Bible says when you don't tithe, the devourer will come. And don't blame God if you cheat God in tithing. And don't blame God when something bad happened to you, and you keep praying, God, when this gonna go away? I'm sorry, you rebel against God. You don't give tithe to God. You steal money from God, and God cannot help you. God say, I cannot help you because you steal from me all the time. The worst thing in the world is to steal from God, and God cannot help you. I'm not saying this for money. I don't need money from you, but I'm trying to help you. That don't rebel against God. Just do it. Don't use any reasoning. Don't use any logic to fight against God. Just do it. Obey God. If you want God's perfect will, you need to do His perfect will in every area of life. I'm sorry if you feel that I speak too strong today, but you need it. Amen. And the last thing I want to say: if you don't know what to pray, one thing you can do is to pray in heavenly language. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, I recommend you get filled with the Holy Spirit, so that you can pray in tongue. Sometimes you don't know what happened to that situation. The Holy Spirit knows everything. You can pray in tongue for that person. You can pray in tongue for yourself. He knows everything, and you can ask God for interpretation, and God cannot show you. That's how I get to know about my mom's situation. I pray in tongue for her, and God begin to give me interpretation. Son, don't pray for her anymore. I'm gonna take her home. She's gonna go home. I'm not gonna let her stay here. You see, you pray in tongue, and God gonna show you His perfect will. God say in Romans chapter eight, the Holy Spirit know the mind of the Father. So when you speak the word of the Spirit, speaking in tongue, praying in tongue, He will reveal to you the real will of the Father for that particular situation. If you know you are sinning against God, unforgiveness, cheating, whatever, repent as soon as possible, so that when you pray, you have the right to get the perfect will of God. Don't blame anybody else. Don't blame pastor. Don't blame God. You need to fix yourself. You need to repent. Amen. I don't know everything about you. When I pray for you, I can only pray, but I cannot touch you. You know yourself what you're doing. You need to repent. If you know something wrong inside you, maybe unforgiveness, maybe cheating, tied for years and years, never paid to God, and something bad happened, don't blame God. Amen. God is fair. Can I see big smile on your face today? Amen. Wow, meaty teaching today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for feeding your sheep, feeding your children with your word. Today, we thank you, Lord, for.
teaching us about pleading our case with you and hearing your voice, what you want to do, like what happened to Jesus, happened to Moses and Abraham and Elijah. Oh Lord, we learn the lesson, and we want to be the kind of Christian who do the proper kind of praying and asking and listening. Lord, if we have anything wrong in our life. Please reveal to us by the Spirit, and we want to humble ourselves to repent as soon as possible. Lord, we don't want to do like Moses: get angry and sin against you. Help us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, to walk in obedience and submission to your will. We thank you, Lord. We will never blame you. We will never talk bad about you, Lord. We will never criticize you, Father. It's our part that we need to do. You are perfect, God. Your will is always perfect, but we need to do our part. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we can depend on Him, praying in tongues, with interpretation, Father. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! Before we eat lunch together, I'd like to ask you to, if you have not given your heart to Jesus, this is a time that you can do it. Can you pray with me if you want to give your life or you want to come back to God? Just pray with me. Amen. Just give give God a few minutes here to pray. How many people want to be a child of God? How many people want to go to heaven? Pray with me, Father in heaven. I give my life to you. I turn to you, Lord. Ask you for forgiveness. I repent of my sin. Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are my Lord. And my Savior, I will serve you from today on. I will go to church, read the Bible, and live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for my salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 